All right, back with the Council Roundup, 717 on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out. And we've got the clips ready to go from last night's hour and 15-minute long meeting. I don't even think it was that long. But a uh, lot to get to, including an update from CWLP about the uh, ongoing assistance program that they have uh, to help those who are in tough times because of COVID-19 uh, get some utility assistance. Here is Doug Brown last night giving a presentation to the uh, city council. So we took that $1 million um, basically from the EIRF fund, and we're using that to rebate back their August and September 2020 electric bills up to $3,000 a piece. And we're targeting small businesses, uh, restaurants and bars. But there are um, you know, other parameters for those restaurants and bars. A lot of questions people have had. Uh, Doug Brown with CWLP talking about some of those parameters and the requirements and what is and what is not required. There is no limit to the number of employees for an establishment. There's been some confusion on that as well, what we've been told. Um, it, we, even though we're pretty clear in our guidelines, um, we're, we're trying to make sure we focus on that with uh, uh, the businesses out there because it doesn't matter how many employees you have. Um, that's not a requirement. Uh, same thing with if you've received financial aid already from other sources, that doesn't matter either. So those are some of the questions that have been brought up and clarified there by Doug Brown. Uh, and how do people get involved with this program? They need the assistance to help their business well, there's a phone number and an email. So you can contact them at 217-789-2070 directly or email them at energyexperts.cop.com. All right. So, um, of course, you can get more information by contacting CWLP. I'm sure that they'll just put you in the right direction. Uh, but what about some of the totals uh, and how much of the, um, the, the business side of this, the assistance for utilities uh, from the business, how much has uh, been collected uh, for, you know, which businesses are going to get it and uh, how much has been paid out? So right now, as of today, we had 91 customers um, that uh, have applied. Um, and out of that, we have about 86 right now that have been reviewed and are ready to be approved. Um, so we're very soon that those credits will be applied to their bills. Um, as you know, basically in the month of January. And, uh, you know, as we get more and more, we'll, we'll apply them as soon as we can, as soon as they get reviewed. There's no question that's going to be extremely helpful for some of these businesses out there that have been struggling with not just uh, their ability to stay afloat and keep their rent paid, but also their utilities. They still got to keep their fridges on. They got to uh, keep the place warm. Uh, they got to keep some kind of lights on, maybe a, you know, a, a security system, uh, whatever it may be. A lot of these businesses, uh, this money's going to help them, even if it's uh, just a small amount. But it's not the only thing going out for assistance. Uh, businesses, they're a category, but there are other categories, including residential uh, units that are able to take part in some of these relief programs. So moving on to residential um, for project relief, we, we did put 300000 additional funding from the EIRF fund, and that's basically going to give up to $500 per account. So that's on top of the additional existing program that was in existence. There are some other parameters involved there, uh, and uh, they've worked through some of these things moving forward to better address who can get that assistance, even people who may have gotten the assistance in previous years. Uh, this is a different level of assistance for COVID-19 concerns and 
uh, residential customers are able to get some of that money. Um, but with this uh, larger volume of money that's available, we're, we're opening up to basically everybody from last year and from this year. So there is no restrictions to that. So we're hoping that we can get a lot more people, um, you know, some relief uh, with this. And again, this is uh, CWLP's Doug Brown talking about the relief program. Alderman approved this, uh, and it comes from a, a program that deals with environmental cleanup, but also deals with rebates. And in a way, these are rebates that are going to be paid out uh, to the um, accounts uh, and credited of sorts to the accounts of businesses that apply for the assistance and of um, residents that apply for this, the assistance. Uh, and here's how residents can uh, contact the utility to find out how they're available to, to get those dollars for all our customers uh, is to call 217-789-2414 so they get started getting uh, pre-qualified for that. All right, so I want to get that number out to you one more time, especially for the residents that are looking for some assistance. For all our customers uh, is to call 217-789-2414. So they get started getting uh, pre-qualified for that. Or just uh, call CWLP directly uh, in their main switch. They'll likely put you in the right direction. Uh, but for total residential customers that have applied for this and uh, how much has been paid out, Doug Brown from CWLP providing some numbers upon Aldermatic request. Out of the existing program, the Project Relief, we have 450 applicants. Uh, so far, which they've processed 27 and with the new funds, they've uh, able to uh, process 24 so far out of that. So um, that is uh, what uh, 51 uh, customers so far. So that's kind of the gist of the uh, the program. Getting an update there from CWLP, I think that that is definitely helpful for businesses and residents who are looking to get some kind of assistance, especially as there are continued COVID-19 restrictions being put on businesses. Uh, you know, it's got to be uh, difficult as a business owner to uh, try to cover rent and pay any employees that you got left uh, if you're only able to have 25% capacity. Uh, and that's after weeks upon weeks of not having any indoor capacity, especially for bars and restaurants. And that's after, you know, uh, months of uh, limited capacity and uh, two and a half months of a complete shutdown. Uh, So these businesses are definitely hurting. Uh, Other types of assistance that's been talked about at the city council includes uh, the likes of um, possibly, uh, you know, delaying or uh, granting uh, liquor license fees uh, and things along those lines. Uh, And I've heard everywhere from six to uh, full six months to a year, possibly. Uh, So there are other avenues that uh, elected officials are looking at uh, to provide some level of assistance for Springfield City businesses and residents. Uh, especially when it comes to uh, the utility and it being a publicly owned utility, uh, they're able to do different things that maybe some of the other utilities that are privately owned can't do um, or, uh, you know, different types of uh, protocols that they need to put in place uh, to allow for these types of programs to move forward. Uh, So, again, if you are in need of any kind of assistance for your utility payments, be it a business owner or a resident, you can contact CWLP uh, and take advantage of those programs. Another presentation last night in front of the city council. Well, uh, Nate Bottom, uh, he was called alderman several times last night. He's not the alderman. He's a public works director. Uh, I don't know what his future plans are, but uh, public works director Nate Bottom uh, asked to provide an update about, well, snow removal. All right, so as you're aware, um, we brought in New Year's right with uh, some ice and snow. (laughs) It was beautiful. Uh, Still is beautiful. Looking across the field here at the... Midwest Family Broadcasting Ranch and 
I love this time of year. But I know a lot of you out there are frustrated. You, you get you get upset when the snow plows don't plow the snow the way you want to. Uh, so Nate Bottom was there to address some of those concerns. Uh, here he is uh, uh, talking more about the process. Um, we're continuously trying to improve the process. Um, we This past year, we decided to try to optimize our snow routes, and we did that based upon the ADT, the average daily traffic routes to critical facilities such as schools and the medical facilities, uh, as well as the slope of the roads. Uh, we scored the roads with uh, steeper slopes higher, uh, as well as crash data due to winter conditions and the surface material on the roadway, as well as bus routes. Definitely seems uh, a smart approach to this is uh, looking at previous data, some of the more heavily traveled areas, some of the areas where there may have been some accidents. I think that that's uh, uh, very uh, uh, prescient <laughs> and being able to uh, look in advance and say, all right, Here's some of the problem areas. These are the areas we need to target. This intersection is a hot spot for activity when there's crashes during winter months, and we need to focus on getting the salt down in that area and so forth. Uh, but more from the public uh, works director, Nate Bottom. We spend anywhere from 200000 to a million dollars a year uh, on snow operations, depending mm -hmm. upon the weather events. Luckily, we've had a pretty decent years. In the last five years, we've only averaged about $500,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money on um, snow removal operations. Uh, now, uh, whether or not it's uh, 200000 or a million dollars or, uh, as uh, the director said, about $500,000, um, they've got it budgeted. Right. Sometimes they might have to, you know, get some supplemental uh, appropriations, additional above and beyond what they uh, typically do. But the money's there. It's budgeted. Uh, they're ready to, to move forward and uh, continue refining the process. More from the public works director. You know, no, no one storm is the same. Uh, and we utilize City Works and our AVL, our um, vehicle tracking system, uh, in order to make sure we're operating as efficiently as possible uh, when, when we are uh, plowing the snow. He continues. Once the temperature drops below 15 degrees, salt becomes ineffective, so you definitely want to get salt on as quick as possible um, so that it's, it's, it's activated and is working and creating the brine that you need. Um, and then, obviously, equipment and personnel. Uh, we do have an aging fleet, and sometimes uh, just uh, plowing snow is hard on the equipment, and, and we have a, a limit, limited personnel. Uh, I, I believe, you know, it was 20 years ago, we had over 150 employees working on snow operations. We're down to 100 employees. We also, I believe, had 497 miles of uh, center line miles of streets, and now we're over 630 miles. So, But we continue to do more with less. We try to operate as efficiently as we can uh, so that we can provide the, the highest level of service we can. However, as, as I mentioned, the, the level of service varies depending upon the event. So it could be just a, you know, a freezing rain event. Uh, could be a deep freeze, which uh, differs how salt can be used. Uh, it could be a deep freeze with a warm-up and then a big snow blast. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with winter. Uh, sometimes I, I hate giving the forecast because sometimes it's like way off. And I feel like a liar sometimes when I read the uh, the forecast. But eh, that is what it is. Continuing on with the Council Roundup here on the WMAY Morning News Feed on 92.7, 94.7, and 9.70 a.m. Every Wednesday, bringing you the Council Roundup. Highlights from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. And uh, still talking about some of the uh, snow removal. Nate Bottom, Public Works Director, being asked a variety of questions about snow removal. 
It's probably one of the uh, <laughs> most complained about thing I see uh, during the winter months around Springfield. People complaining about their streets not being plowed. Well, Nate got a earful of a whole bunch of various areas throughout Springfield that uh, are having some issues getting their snow removed by the city. And Nate reacts. Out, but they are on our maps and we will have an interactive map up on the website hopefully within the next couple weeks that we'll have a little bit more features where people can turn off layers see a specific district see a specific area uh, that we're plowing and the various types of classifications for our, the streets we have yeah you know, i think the interactive map's awesome but it could also backfire <laughs> right if people see like all right well this neighborhood got plowed but mine didn't or, you know, <laughs> how come they've been stuck over in there in that corner forever, but they haven't touched my neighborhood? So it'll be wonderful to, to interact with that map and see where things are at, but it can also, it's a two-edged sword. <laughs> so just so city officials are aware that uh, it might uh, cool some people down, but it might also fire some other people up. Uh, other places that are not part of Springfield also uh, getting cleared, and uh, the public works director uh, addressing uh, some of those concerns. We have intergovernmental agreements, too, with uh, various jurisdictions. We have a maintenance agreement with Southern View, uh, mm -hmm. with, with, with um, the various townships, Springfield Township, Woodside Township, uh, Clear Lake Township, Springfield and Woodside are two of our larger uh, intergovernmental agreements where uh, in order to efficiently plow the snow, we will plow some of their streets, they will plow some of ours uh, so that we can uh, plow them as efficiently as so uh, a lot of intergovernmental agreements with some of the uh, donut holes, so to speak, within the city and making sure that uh, some major thoroughfares also get cleared, even though those major thoroughfares might run through an unincorporated part of the community. Uh, Alderwoman Conley, uh, going back to one of the comments that uh, the public works director made about having, um, what, like 50 fewer people for snow removal than they've had in previous years uh, and how they're doing more with less. Uh, here's Alderwoman Conley. I just want to compliment you. Um, from what, I, what, you, what I'm hearing, you've had your employee headcount cut by a third and your workload increased by a fairly significant amount. Um, and I, I know that we're, we're, we're still waiting on our budget books and we're still moving into that, that season, but um, your department has the services that I get the most requests for consistently. And I think one of the biggest concerns people have is that there aren't enough people doing the jobs that they they really want done the streets being cleared the sidewalks being safe and replaced and um you know i since we haven't seen those budget books yet i do hope um those considerations will be brought into place I mean, it's, it's a fairly significant reduction in in headcount that you've taken so maybe we'll see that uh, laid out in the uh, the budget books whenever those get presented. Who knows? We'll uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, Alderwoman Conley reiterating what Alderman Hanauer had to say about uh, you know new developments and they're adding to the uh, the number of uh, miles of street the city's responsible for. His ward is expanding with new areas. I'm getting a new subdivision that's going in in Ward Eight with Creston Place, and we don't want to exclude our older neighborhoods that also need to be fixed and and addressed. And I think that's an important note, not just with snow removal, but with maintenance in general. Uh, it's always one of the main concerns is, uh, you know, if you like, for instance, if uh, some some you know big company builds a new thing and they have a whole bunch of land that's just sitting there, they may gift it to a park district and it's just more infrastructure that the park has to maintain, uh, adding to their costs. Uh, so it might sound like a good idea. Oh, it's a gift, but no, it's actually just adding to the overall maintenance that they need to continue to pay for uh, increase pay 
for. Uh, so that's a problem. Uh, Alderwoman Turner uh, addressing some concerns with snow removal, and in particular, uh, when it comes to these intergovernmental agreements with uh, some of the donut holes, uh, how they hold those uh, other governments accountable. What can we do to, you know, kind of hold Springfield Township's feet to the fire? Because I, I just don't think it's... You know, to you guys' credit, um, as you always do, go above and beyond and go over, you know, and, and take care of it and, and clean it up and that. But I just don't think that that's our responsibility. And um, as Alderwoman Conley said, in these tough budget times, um, you know, I think that all governmental bodies should, you know, carry their fair weight in terms of, of uh, providing services for their constituencies. So, so what is our remedy? They bottom addresses some of that and says, hey, listen, they can rework some agreements here and there, um, but really it's just uh, keeping a close eye on it. In regards to plowing streets, we only, this past, these past uh, events, we only focused on the arterial streets and some of the, the major streets in and out of subdivisions and around the commercial district just due to the amount of snowfall we had as well as the pavement temperatures warming up and, and melting um, by, by the time we would even have got to, in essence, the residential streets, which... Right, so there's uh, all kinds of factors that could play into that, including snow melt, because uh, things might be melted by the time they get where they need to go. Alderwoman Turner, though, persistent in her concerns. Um, you know, whatever our remedy is, I really... I wish that you could kind of take a look at it because, again, you guys do a lot of work over there that is not necessarily the city of Springfield's responsibility. Again, there's also intergovernmental agreements uh, from from uh, past conversations along these lines. Um, something else to consider. You got your Christmas tree still up? Well, the city's asking you to get it out on the curb, but with the recent snow and ice storm, there's also a lot of other uh, limbs that are down as well, so uh, that might slow things up a bit. You're welcome. And, and that's correct. We are going to have a lot of limbs, and we have actually just started the uh, Christmas tree pickup uh, this past Monday. And since the uh, limbs fell basically the same weekend, we are. it'll take us longer to pick up the Christmas trees because we're trying to work efficiently and pick up the branches as we're picking up the Christmas trees now. So uh, just keep that in mind. You might have a few more days to get your Christmas tree down um, for my household. Uh, it's a winter tree, so it actually stays up throughout uh, <laughs> most of the winter. Not because we're lazy or anything. We just like the we just like the the winter tree. We like the Christmas tree, the Christmas vibe. Um, all right. Next presentation last night from the Springfield City Council meeting, uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder um, uh, presenting uh, a developer who was uh, I guess had his ears uh, tingling a bit last week when this was brought up during the council meeting about the Ferguson Booth building. Did ask Tom Lee with JCT Development to come up and give us a update on the Booth Ferguson project. So Tom, uh, he is there virtually and uh, he provides an update. Uh, we are working diligently. We, we've hired a Steckel Architecture, a local firm to help get the plans tightened up. We've been negotiating with uh, O'Shea Builders, also a, a local entity to assist us when it comes time to build it. I have uh, written agreements uh, out to every one of the various uh, union uh, attorneys for the amounts we've discussed as we've agreed to pay any outstanding union dues and benefits, as well as any direct costs that the union incurred in the collection of these debts. All of those have been submitted and um, negotiated. Uh, we're just waiting to, uh, to get the financing. What about the financing? Where are we at on that? We have struggled a bit uh, through COVID. Um, 
to, to get lenders uh, interested in it. Not, very little to do with the project, although, as you know, it's a secondary market. And the project, you know, needs some help from the historical tax credits and the like. But we are working and have a letter of interest from LISC. I think uh, many of the members here might be familiar with that organization. And then we have questions being raised by Alderman, uh, and I didn't listen to last week's city council meeting when I was on vacation, but from my understanding, this was brought up, uh, the question about the timeline and uh, how to move forward. Uh, there was a 90-day timeline to get the unions paid, and that's one thing that uh, uh, Corporation Council's Jim Zirkel, uh, after he put his mask on, <laughs> he talked about uh, uh, the 90-day uh, issue. This issue that we're uh, uh, struggling with is the city, in, in some ways, the risk is on the developer. The, the agreements the city signs on these things are contingent financing agreements. That means they're expected to sign the agreement and do all of the contingencies, just, just briefly. So if they don't do it, they don't get the money. And so the obligation is always on the developer to make sure all of everything is uh, uh, concluded and from our perspective, it's not a construction contract. It's a contingent finance agreement. Alderwin Conley, she wanted to really get to the bottom of the uh, two separate 90-day time frames. So the first 90-day clock is the 90 days dealing with the financing necessary for completion of the project. Um, and that is understandably um, a, a section of the agreement that is, is causing some complications, and I, I can understand COVID having uh, an influence on that. But the second part of this, and it's a completely separate subsection, it's subsection I, is not within 90 days of the effective date of this ordinance, redeveloper agrees to satisfy all outstanding union benefits owed and provide final waivers and or agreements for repayments. So that was Alderwoman Conley uh, talking about uh, the 90-day time frame and uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder uh, talking a bit about, you know, coming from the banking world, how uh, this idea of paying out the union benefits um, without having, you know, financing in place, just unrealistic. With regards to the whether to pay the unions or the uh, financing or prior to the financing, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. That's not Mayor, even. Mayor, no, hold I on, let me finish. Um, no, no, let me finish because I'm sorry. This is exactly I have the, the point I just made. I have the we, gavel. We very specifically let, in this redevelopment let me agreement. The statement. You don't have to get offensive. I'm, not I'm, trying to, I'm a former banker and I'm going to explain this. This is one of the problems with um, having remote meetings and remote participants get some talk over that's not conducive to having a good conversation that happened a couple of times last night it's happened throughout all of uh, the COVID-19 uh, remote uh, participation uh, but Mayor uh, Langfelder uh, landed out there nobody is going to accept the debt of the project and pay past bills this is highly unusual and I'll let Tom Lee explain it to everybody but just put your own self in this position. Would you take on the debt of a project or would you just let it hit the wall and then move from there? Alderwoman Connolly um, wants to make her point clear. I, I wasn't quite done. I, I'm not trying to be offensive here. Alderman McMenamin, I, I'm okay, sorry, we'll, we'll I wasn't finished. The floor Alderwoman Connolly. May I finish and my so, point, Alderman McMenamin? Thank you. I just okay. want to, Mayor, you call the shots, but you got interrupted already, Mayor. Now I'm getting interrupted. Go ahead, Alderwoman Connolly, and then Alderman McMenamin. All right, so Alderwoman Connolly. Mayor, my point that I was trying to make is that we have two separate entries in this redeveloper's agreement.
And one of them is dealing with the financing. The other's dealing with uh, getting the unions paid. I'm sorry if that sounds, you know, questioning or, or harsh. We have a duty to our constituents to make sure that we ask these questions. Um, we have another ordinance tonight on first reading that's dealing with a other TIF agreements where we're moving money from other funds. So there's a lot of scrutiny on this, uh, and, and and rightly so. Uh, some public dollars are going to be used for this. A lot of public dollars have already been used for this, uh, and they're just making sure that they're going where they need to go. Uh, Alderman Joe McMiniman sounding off. The, I don't know the exact numbers. I think you're going to spend 7 to $10 million, and after you spend all that money and the project is completed, then the city pays you uh, the first dollar. So there's no risk on the city. And he says this is a project that a lot of people um, are looking forward to. Got everything to look forward to. The downtown interests are all in favor of this project. They're excited about it. If you come in and, and get this done, you pay off the unions, you pay off the subcontractors, you get work done downtown, you turn three dinosaur buildings into useful buildings. This is all positive. Let's not argue over crumbs. Let's not set up trip wires for what's basically a good deed that can uh, take place here. You know, there's a lot of uh, concerns as well. Uh, it's been brought up before in the past, and the mayor touched on it last night briefly, talking about how people... Um, always say uh, dealing with outsiders coming into Springfield is difficult and it makes people not really want to come from outside to invest in the in the capital city. Uh, and these types of things are important to make sure that uh, everything is above board at the same time. Uh, moving on, though, what about uh, the resolutions and uh, uh, what what's the theme for the year? That's a question that Alderwoman DeCenso had. Um, thank you, Mayor. What is your word of the year? Because I believe for the past two years, it's been optimism. <laughs> so I'm just curious as to what your, your theme or word of the year is this year. Well, thank you for putting me on the spot. It's optimism 3.0. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, he continues. How about unity? Oh, that's good. Because we have, uh, we've, we've been divided amongst ourselves. Um, we have been divided as a country. Um, so how, how about we make unity the word for this year and we can all come together and work together because we've got some heavy lifting and some very difficult work and decisions ahead of us. So I propose unity. That's good. Because we got a lot done uh, for, you know, if you're saying we're divided, uh, we got a lot done and just think what we get done if we improved upon that. That'd be awesome. That's your Council Roundup here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west.